and welcome to Seize the GM. If you're looking to get started GMing, we're here to help. And if you're a GM with a few levels under your experience belt, we are here to help you find your prestige class. Let us take you through some common questions, concerns, and the fun challenges that every GM will face. We have our ideas, our opinions, and some might even say answers that we want to share. So pull up a chair, dust off your dice, and let us help you seize the GM. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Seize the GM. It is time for the ultimate episode of the Eden Ship season. That's right, ladies, gentlemen, and everything else in between, or aside from the gender spectrum, we are done. Yeah. Yeah, we just finished the last one. This is more of our thoughts and and not thoughts and prayers, but <laughs> reflections. Thoughts uh, and looking reflections. Back. Yeah, that's. Is that what we're calling it now? Yeah, we... uh, something like that. Before we get into that, a heads up for everyone listening. After this, we're going to take a little bit of time off, recharge, recoup, kind of do those things we need to do to be able to keep making good games and avoid burnout. We have episodes on that if you want to go back and listen in the library. And so, Zen, what is our current plan once this episode airs? All right. After this, we are officially going to kind of mothball things for at least a month. Um, I want to take until the end of May at the very least to not think at all about the podcast recording. I just want to maybe run a few games and just have some chance to maybe even play a game or two. Um, and then in June, we'll start working behind the scenes. We're going to start working behind the scenes. And that is going to be when we're probably going to take those two months exclusively to work, um, on like the beginnings of, of stuff through June and probably even July because I want to hit um, with the beginning of August, which was when we first started the show. August was when we started. It was right around the beginning of the Dog Days of Podcasting. So we are going to probably pick up in August, the first week of August. I would say the f expect that to be the beginning of things dropping in the feed regularly again. Now, in June and July, there might still be like a thing saying, hey, we haven't gone anywhere. Don't forget about us. Mm -hmm. Because I know when you don't hear something from a show for a couple of months, everybody's like, oh, well, they just they're done. Yeah, so the intent is not to pod fade. You'll get little updates, occasional little snippets, shorts, blurbs, but regular episodes are going to take a couple of months off yeah. so that we can uh, kind of 
set our own expectations and work plans. And as we will probably discuss in the next half hour, what we want to see in Seize the GM next season. Yes. Yeah. So that's that's our, our rough timeline. Now, just for people that follow us on Patreon, if you start following us in the next in those three months, that first month you're going to get hit with whatever your donation agreement is. For existing patrons, we're basically going to shut off every month. We're going to make it so that there any any month that there isn't something regularly coming out, there is going to be a pause on payments mm-hmm. coming out. If you want to join but want to go ahead and hold off till we're back with all the regular stuff, just drop us a line and let us know so that we have an anticipatory tingle of new people to be joining the Patreon. And beyond that, why should they come back next season? What did we learn? Okay. So I'm going to go first because this was – I had – I was the one who originally pitched this idea of of doing just a whole entire season on just one thing like this. And this was I knew that this was going to be a really big project. And in the end I still feel like we haven't done enough to get more than a few stories out. Like we've done a lot. We have done so much, but there is so much more to this ship than we could ever in in a reason in a season reasonably do. And the prospect of writing a full entire campaign journal from the setting is what we've done is like scratch the surface of what we would need to have for a full campaign journal because this turned into a great, I loved this like whole entire season. This season was awesome. We did so much like actual campaign design that we didn't, we don't normally get to do. And I don't regret any of this. But it did teach me that there, like, I can have awesome ideas and I can have really crappy ideas, but you really do need to have kind of a team like we've got to really bring something like this to life. And, and um, <clears throat> to be honest, the thing is, like, as it, like you set up, it's like, okay, next topic is blah, next topic is blah, which is great. But, and then, and the thing is, like, we're coming up with our own things. And I don't want to say, like, free of collaboration because we, we do chat. But the thing is, like, the ideas that we all come up and, and we write and the stat blocks and the ideas and the the fate, whatever the heck we're doing, is it, it's, it's all kind of done independently um, before we actually come on the show. And one thing I think might... It, it's a little bit more difficult trying to... You know, we're all kind of like on the same basic page, but if it's kind of interesting trying to work independently yet still have it still be part of a cohesive whole, I think it might be yeah. more interesting 
uh, probably a hell of a lot less stressful because it, it's like I might have a different view on something versus someone else. How we uh, visual like post-apocalypse versus stellar versus uh, political, yet all this delightful stuff and what kind of stuff we want to focus on. And for me, it'd be like, yes, it's like, give me, give me space. Give me, you know, it's like, yes, I know it's, you know, it's the Q quote. It's like, there's stuff out there for appetites, uh, sublime and gross, but it's not for the timid. I'm like, yeah, that's more my thing. But Gargar Manger is phenomenal with that, the whole interpersonal political stuff. But, you know, still trying to make sure all of those things are reflected and still part of the whole cohesive whole. And it was it was a hell of a challenge trying to work like that just to make sure that I didn't step on anyone else's toes or what they wanted because we all had our basic ideas. But we did. I didn't want to come up with something that would just derail something else. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think there was definitely some design friction in this project because we don't live really close to each other. We don't have a lot of time outside of recording that we are actively chatting like this. And so that created, I think, a challenge for us. I I echo a lot of what Zen was saying, that I loved this project. I loved creating the Edenship in the campaign setting, and it's been wildly instructive. Uh, But also it, it reinforced some of the things I've learned with some other projects. And taught a few other things about the kind of structure that really helps develop a full campaign setting ahead of time. And the amount of work and effort that goes into being a, a, a TTRPG writer, developer, publisher, because for all the ideas we have, those are the easy, that's the easy part. Yeah, We all are brimming with them. Uh, speak it's for the yourself, buddy. <laughs> Don't sell yourself short. Yeah, It's the structure that's harder a lot of the times. And that's, I I think, one of the things I would want to try to do differently or better. If we do, when we do this next time. Yeah. Yeah, we definitely need, and honestly. Because I want to do it again. That's the I want to do it again. Yeah, I want to do this again too. But part of this is also like, we need to have enough time to also have like some serious time where we just sit down and like, okay, we have to like lock like three hours of time because we're going to just start talking about this thing and everybody be like, you know, designing and developing stuff all in that same ecosystem as we're all doing it. A full collaboration kind of time frame because, but it's hard. Because everybody's got jobs. And yeah, when you're doing it with three people, I mean, there's one of us in the Midwest, one of us in the East Coast, South, and one in the East Coast. Like, it's yeah, getting getting time (laughs) is difficult, putting putting aside time, putting aside. And the thing is, though, coming up with different things, mental energy is we don't have as, you know, we, we do have to budget that, you know, it's yeah. like, all right. Cause the thing is like, if you think about it, and I, I, I joke about it for everyone's like, Oh, you spoons. I'm like, no, no, I spell slots. How many spell yeah. slots you got? And unfortunately yeah. not all of us are caster builds is like, I'm a freaking warlock. So <laughs> screw all y'all. Yeah. But the the thing that I love though is the one thing I did like is with certain things is like and the thing is uh we I guess in a weird way 
with what we love, we're able to kind of over, you know, I, I hate politics. I hate dealing with politics. I hate a lot of that interpersonal crap, mostly because I have to smile and nod and, and deal with that sometimes on a daily basis. And uh, I'm not allowed to eat my own face in front of people. They usually frown on that. But Garden Manger is phenomenal at that. So it's just like the, I can put in a couple of, you know, maybe a little thing here and there, or, hey, maybe take this thing into account. But it's like I say something and then boom, he's off like a shot. But then you get somebody like me, like I, I majored in astronomy and physics. OK, that that is that is that is my jam. Uh, that is my bread and butter. And so coming up with stuff like that as is like, yes, yes, yes. Gimme and, and all that other. And for me, it's like, all right, the the exploration, what kind of cool crap out there? What? You know, that's my bread and butter. And but somebody that, you know, might not be and it just like. I love that we were able to hit so many different dynamics within the Eden ship. Yeah. And our different strengths and, and inclinations, I think played to what is a really promising setting skeleton yeah. and, and outline. I, I've, in all fairness, then I think we've got over a third of what would go into a final product, sure. uh, which is actually a lot. Filling in gaps is easier than, than staring at, you know, a, a blank, blank sheet. Yeah, it is. It is. And we but, do have a lot. And and the thing was, uh, I think also, it, it sounds kind of weird, but setting setting up, um, it's like, okay, this episode, we're going to be talking about NPCs. Mm-hmm. This episode, we're going to be talking about locations. Um, you know, this, that, the other. And I liked that it, it's like, okay, because it's like, first it's like, okay, what did we want for post-apocalypse? Then we decided, okay, the Eden ship, cool idea. Um, and I and I kind of like that, and, and I'm thinking that's that is a bloody good way to, like the next time we're gonna do this, it's like I want to keep doing it that way. Uh, with we come up, it's like okay, we each come up with our own idea, then we talk, and then we're like ooh, and the the fact is, as long if we don't coordinate before we do like the initial kind of idea pitch, the fact is because there might be something within mine uh, that I might leave out if I knew what Zen was doing. Right. You know, and but then all of a sudden, but that might have been something Garmon J like latches onto. It's like, oh, that's freaking awesome. Well, I've got a slightly different kind of perspective because I think one of the reasons why it felt challenging sometimes was how segmented we did it. Now, it's necessary for the podcast. We needed that. Absolutely. And it helped us frame what we were doing. But because we didn't have a weekend ahead of time to sit down and do some of the bigger work yeah, and, and some of the interconnections, it's for me sometimes felt a little more challenging. It, even it though- felt really disjointed. And I think that's what it is. It's, it's like, there's all these like bones, but there wasn't enough to hold the skeleton together in some places. Mm. And so, so one of the things I would want to do would be, you know, to be able to sit down or, or be on the phone and talk with the two of you through some of the earlier work without it being, you know, record to tape. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The thing is, like, the one thing I like is idea pitchings is we all go. Mm-hmm. My thing is, like, idea pitching and stuff like that, we all go in blind. Okay. So if it's like coming up with cool NPCs and stuff like that. Cool. We don't tell anybody. We're like, we're doing NPCs. Yeah. And then everyone's like, shoosh. But if we're talking about, okay, how, you know, and, and no one says anything because when that happens, we actually find out, we, it, it kind of gives ideas for new dimensions. But when we're 
kind of building up more on the story and and the universe itself, uh, you know, solidifying certain things. Those need to be bigger sit down sessions. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. I, I'm think and, and and like I said, for lessons learned, it's like I will I will be honest. It's also the having. Ha- all right, everyone knows that I'm mentally broken beyond <laughs> beyond recognition. I'm put together mostly with with the uh, you know with tape and glue, but being f- being forced to create uh, on a schedule within a very very rigid kind of structure, uh, especially for somebody like me, uh, even it, it can be kind of difficult. Mostly because it, it's the you know, if we were just kind of like freeforming like we were doing last season, um, it, it was just the, okay, it's like, no, I can't do it. It's like, I'm depressed. I can't do it with post-apocalypse. Oh, crap. We're still doing it. You know, I, I could yeah. do something fluffy bunny or I could do something wacky. Um, but trying to act, but it, it was an interesting creative stretch. It's like, you know, crazy Peyton's, uh, you know, wacky, bizarre, you know, <laughs> wild car, bizarre thing that I came up with. It, it, it was just the, I was in probably in, in a, it, it was, it was a crap time. And, and I'm like, I can't know. And then I'm just like, okay, wait a minute. I can't, I can inject wacky in a way that still works. Okay. So right. it was a good, it was a good way to stretch, but I'll, I will be honest. It was a lot more draining. Um, in some ways it was because and it's because there were there and we were did a, a time of, it was just you and me too and it, it's, yeah and garden manger is like i it is i would say probably the most eloquent of the three like if we're talking like science facts <laughs> or random shit you know that's you know that's me you you want to give me math i do calculus for fun okay i'm that nutball yeah you know um but sometimes some it's like yes yes I, I i have done a little freelance writing but it's you know you but it's not on, on a continuous things. not on a continuous yeah and that's that is part of the reason why we're taking such a long break because since we started the show we haven't well i know i haven't taken more than like an episode or two of a break really because even when we yeah, take me- like a month off or two months off or whatever, like I'm still working on things behind the scenes. And well, and when I was taking my little break this time, it wasn't from little, you know, not doing stuff. It was, we yeah, missed you. Were, you. Yeah, oh my God. Things. It was like a void, man. But <laughs> Yeah, it's got, I ended up with a responsibility with, with, with that was in the exact block of time that was set aside to record, so I couldn't. Yeah, we, we're not you know, mad. Two places no, at once. We, we completely and totally are like you know respect for that, but no. damn, dude, we missed you. It, yeah. it, it's you, you, you kind of do balance balance us out between the the three of us. It's like we are our own kind of. <laughs> you know, if, if you think about it, there's there's three spots in orbit around the earth that if you put a point on each, it can, you can cover the whole globe. We yeah. can't do it with just two, dude. We can't do it. We need three. So, so you're the aliens from independence. Yes. Day. <laughs> I mean, sort of, uh, no, it's not Lagrange points. Cause that's the, the point where all gravity forces, uh, but, but it, no, it's, it, it's not that, but it's like, you know, for tell, yeah, it's an idea for telecom. Yeah. But uh, that yeah. was Arthur C. Clarke, by the way, who came up with that idea. <laughs> yeah. But that's 
that's something else that I know I put in the notes is, you know, not being away for part of the season is something that, that I, it was part of what happened and, and wasn't really avoidable, but it is in the notes of things that I would like to do differently for next season, uh, because I do want to kind of do this again um, and play around again in the same idea. But I also want to compress the time we spend on that season. Because I feel like we could, with some of that prep work, condense some of the episodes sure. into a more efficient use of time uh, kind of production. Yeah. yeah. And I think that would create a more evocative component of the setting. And one thing I think actually might be kind of interesting, kind of like, but, you know, everyone always just sees what we lack of bedroom, the final stuff, whatever the hell is out there. But I'm thinking yeah. it might be, you know, it's like, okay, you know, we come up with, you know, it's like, all right, we, we have like the, the come up with the ideas and we come in and we do the show and we do it blind. And then we have like the three hour meeting where we, we kind of sit and hash and hammer it out. But the thing is like, I think it might be interesting. Um, you know, uh, kind of like after we do like a, a few of those, one, ex- you know, describe what the whole experience is like, you know, setting aside a certain amount of time working, you know, even if that's possible. But the other thing is like how that differs from when we are sitting down and doing this shit on our own. Because I will be honest, it, it's the, you know, it, it's like I'll be doing this and then I'll, you know, I'll, I'll take my notepad and, you know, I'll grab a popsicle and, you know, just like... I, you know, hit a hit a creative brick wall, say script, you know, and play uh, Hollow Knight for an hour or two, and then I'll come back to it. But when you yeah. are, you have a specific block of time, you know, what kind of it, one, what kind of an experience that is, especially, you know, I, I, I am not neurotypical, you know, I do have very bad yes. ADD, or well, ADHD is stupid, stupid acronyms, but it'd be... Same thing yeah. these days. We got rid of the differentiation yeah. a while ago. Yeah. So the one thing, I think it'd be interesting, you know, as kind of, you know, it's like, okay, we do this. And then we have maybe, maybe for, for, uh, for our Patreon peeps, we have the, we have a, a chat. Yeah. A chat of comparing and contrasting, doing this with, because collaboration, I'll be honest, we can come up with some freaking brilliant stuff and, and, you know, and it's, and it's amazing collaborating, but the thing is, though, that there are there are certain restrictions, and I'm thinking it might be interesting bringing up maybe in a in a in a supplemental episode or something. What was it like working like that? You know, because first we have okay the first experience, and we're feeling each other out and figuring out how to work in that time, and then we just kind of do a follow up. It's like okay, what was different? What did we learn? Rather than just what was hammered out in this in this thing, because as, as we're building the next campaign, I think that'd be you know it's like that's you know, here's the next step of the campaign, but for more of like behind the scenes, you know, and, and putting in, you know, it's just like, okay, this is stuff that we learned. It's like, oh yeah, we realized, uh, don't do this after, you know, maybe 10 o'clock Eastern time because, you know, cause Jules will turn into a pumpkin and her brain melts out her ears. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, I- I think there are definitely a lot of things that I, I've learned and changed and, and kind of improved on in doing this project with the two of you and kind of bouncing those ideas off. I've gotten uh, some like low-key writing credits out there as well. I'm trying to do a little bit more just because, no, I'm not counting my homebrew work just because that's 250 pages of a homebrew campaign setting does not count as actual writing credits. <laughs> um, no, 
while it's cool. But, but it does count as writing practice. Yeah. So for all of you GMs out there listening along, this episode is going to be a little bit shorter, and it is a little bit of us, you know, kind of navel-gazing. But this is the point I want you to take away. Your work on your campaign, be it homebrew, be it playing modules, however you are working on improving your skills as a GM, is valid, is useful, and shows you should be running your game. Yeah. Because it is, yeah. it is important. And the thing is, is like everyone's different. You know, it, it's let's just put it this way. I, I always joke. I can't come up with an original idea to save my life. But someone says something. Boom, I latch and run. So yeah, because that, you can create cool things. Yeah. And it's that's that is that is a joke is <laughs> like, OK, you know what? I can't you know, I couldn't compose I, a joke. is like I couldn't compose a symphony, but you give me a jazz lick and I'll run with that for an hour. So it, it's the same kind of thing. So, you know, what is like Gardevoir is can come up with stuff off the top of his head, you know, and, you know, me, they're like, uh, come up with the, it's like, come up with a name for something. I'd be like, Joe, <laughs> Joe Mage, right? Yeah. Joe the Mage. But it's, that's the thing. It's like, you don't have to, you know, that there's all these, there's a lot of names out there and a lot of different, types of gms and you know people you kind of want to emulate but figure out what you liked about what what made you want to emulate and was it how they described something or was it the really interesting campaign or their ability to improv when somebody does something really ridiculous yeah. You know, and that and that's something also you, you kind of when in building this I kind of realized what you know, what I like doing, what kind of stuff I like uh, building is like, okay, you know, like, yes, I, there's, there's always got to be kind of like the struggle. There's always got to be, you know, but, you know, I, I can't ignore politics, but it doesn't mean, but, you know, I know I'm lousy at doing it and I'm lousy at playing it and running it, but it doesn't mean I can ignore it. Yeah. And that that was oh, yeah. that was something that it was hard for me to to kind of just like fine, fine, I'll just, but the thing is like but it didn't mean it, so I couldn't ignore it but it didn't mean I had to accept it on the way somebody playing like maybe Vampire the Masquerade which yes I used to do um would have to well, would yeah. uh, would do something. It's like no no no, you know what? I can address politics in my own way. Where you know the the worst that you'll get is from the super high top, you'll get like rumors and stuff like that. But you know what? There's politics, you know, among vendors. Politics is just a problem solving mechanism amongst groups of people. That's all it is. How we resolve issues between people, and ignoring that isn't really viable if you are world building. Yeah. And so for people who say they don't like politics, they don't want to deal with politics, they avoid it, you don't really. You're wanting to avoid, I think validly in a campaign and gaming setting, implications of real yeah. world. Like, Which you know, it's like, I don't want to like thing. the the military faction versus the navig versus the science fact no. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it's just avoiding things that are reflections of real life is a valid choice in TTRPGs and a lot of people 
deserve to play RPGs without necessarily having to deal with things that they face on a daily basis. Yep. Like Jules was saying, for her, some aspects of political intrigue and social games are not an enjoyable bit of escapism because of what goes on in their daily life. I, I am the same way about a lot of things. And honestly, it makes me think back to the interview we had with um, B. Dave. A few, that's a... How long? Oh, it was a while ago. Oh. Um, like a year and a half ago, yeah. I guess. Totally awesome. Um, totally awesome. Yeah, it was. Yeah, go back, listen, because he's Beyond awesome. awesome. It is, one of the things he said was that at the end of the day, and what st- sticks with me is at the end of the day, these games we are playing are about giving the player or the GM a sense of agency and escape. Yep. And if the choice of what you want to focus on in a game does not provide both agency and escapism to some degree, then you have underserved the player or yourself. Yeah. And the thing is like, you know, sometimes it's like the game might veer into that, you know, okay. It might not be quite as fun for you for a little bit, but you as a GM also have the, the, I guess, responsibility and I I don't want to say power, but the responsibility and, and I say authority to kind of, you know, uh, see if you can shift it in game to, to pull away from, cause if, you know, it's like, no, we, it, and I'm going to bring up D and D because it's like, no, I wanted to do like, you know, a Nathan Drake adventure type of, and one player and one player is running the game where we stay in a town and we haven't left in a month. And I'm like, eh. and then the, the GM is like, all right, no, we got to go do this. And yeah. they made that happen. But if they didn't, you know, I wasn't happy. It's like I would not have kept playing. Yeah. You know, because I wanted, I wanted like the swashbuckling adventure kind of a thing. Because gosh darn it, we were in COVID lockdown, and I wanted swashbuckling adventures. I didn't want to stay in one place. Right, you were already doing that. Exactly. Holy cow. Yeah, but I think, I, I think that for me has summed up a lot of you know my thoughts about the season that it was a lot of fun and I got a lot out of it. I think that there are ways we could improve it. I, I think there are ways we could definitely do better and I want to do better yeah. in the next season. Yeah. And that's because this is my goal. This is like, like you said, like we are GMs just like anybody else. We, we tried something. We saw where, you know, because now we've had time to think about it. We're like, oh, wow. Yeah, if we had done this and maybe this and maybe this differently, it might have flowed better. Mm-hmm. And it, I mean, this is the first time all of us are doing this. This is the first on, time all of us. Yeah. And everybody should look back on whatever they're running and be like, oh, yeah, that worked. Oh, this thing didn't really work. You know, and just kind of take take a a water test, you know, is it too hot, too cold? What, what works for your group and, and build those things that they want and don't waste time on the things that they don't want. Because if all you're doing is providing that, that game for them, then play the game that everybody wants to play. Don't play the game that, you feel compelled you have to run because some book somewhere 
you know, for the game system that you picked up tells you that you need to run it this way. Like all of these are guidelines in these books, whether they want to believe it or not, they are. That's a whole other set of yes. conversations and perhaps <laughs> one we will take to Patreon. Yes. We for should. those of you who are signed up or who do sign up in the future, because in the meantime, we're going to take a couple of months off recoup. We're going to spend at least an, a chunk of time not doing the podcast so that we can come back fully refreshed, rejuvenated and ready to rock and roll. Yes. And maybe do another season where we build another campaign setting. Possibly. Detective Possibly. Noir. <laughs> I'd, no, I'm sorry, but the thing is like, in all honesty, that would just give me an excuse to pull up a lot of my old jazz records and just listen to them. You need a reason to do that? Well, if... No, but it's an excuse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. You know, it's just like, hey, why are you listening to this? Oh, I'm trying to get some stuff written. Okay, it sets a good atmosphere, you know. <laughs> <laughs> You're just like, oh shame, my gosh, how much, it's like, oh, how much more already Shaw, my God. Yeah. All right. But find us on socials, like, share, comment, all of those things. You know, the almighty algorithms absolutely love that. And it brings just a tingle to the cockles or subcockles of our hearts. Yes, it does. Maybe below but the subcockle region. Maybe in the liver, maybe in the kidneys, maybe even in the colon. Thank you, Dennis Leary. <laughs> But before we go, we do have a few more closing remarks. And Zen, we'll let you start this. Okay. So, Seize the GM has officially got a TikTok. Just in time for it to be banned. <laughs> what, me? We do. We do. Oh, hey. There is no. a, What's wrong there with is you? a TikTok for, the, for Seize the GM. So... It is at, so if you go to TikTok, search for at Seize the GM underscore podcast. And you can find it there. Right now, there is no videos or anything fun like that yet. But I am going to be doing some things over the next couple of months, trying to slowly start building some uh, little videos and stuff out. And uh, if you want to see it and follow it, I'll probably even talk about things that we're doing on the show there too. So in short bites. Yeah. So that's a thing. We, we joined that. I I held out forever, but yeah, I did it. And uh, yeah, now I have to start actually working on it. Yes. Making video (laughs) content. Have fun. Yeah, I know. I can supposedly do it in my phone. So that's why I'm going to do it. Yes, there are a number. You can do it within the app natively. Yeah. There are also a couple of other ways you can do it. They're actually, uh, for iPhones, the native iPhone app has gotten much better even on its own editing capacity. But yeah. uh, I'll, I'll send you some information, some cool. ideas, and, and some people. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and if you guys have like people that we should follow, as long as they're not um, horrible human beings, I will probably follow them and and... We will find TTRPG talk yeah. soon. They will find us more to the point. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So. The lovely thing. All right. So, Jules, what do you got? All right. Well, the thing is, is in trying to get a lot of kind of ideas for, you know, post-apocalyptic stuff, 
there, there's a show on history called Life Without People, and uh, it's now on YouTube. They actually have a playlist of like se- uh, episodes from different seasons, and it was f- for me it was absolutely fascinating because how things break, how long, what do we have to do to make sure things keep, you know, keep up? What happens if we don't maintain certain things? Like, granted, yes, this is on Earth itself, but it gave me a lot of interesting inspiration of things, you know, I wouldn't have, I never would have really thought about taking into account of, you know, like, what happens if no one's there to maintain it? And, you know, it's just like, okay, you know what, certain things will last for, like, a, a bloody long time, but if we don't have anyone to change a light bulb, the light goes out. You know, yeah, it's like it can still draw power, but the, it's not lighting anything because the bulb's dead. So it, I, I found it fascinating, and it just watching as you know they 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 have like these CGI replicas of of things falling apart and decaying, and taking to certain places where certain things are already just falling apart um, after being abandoned. And it was it was fascinating, and it gave my mind something to chew on. And I was trying to come up with ideas, um, you know, for different, you know, for, for other things. I kind of think about, okay, what would we need to do? It's like, you know, uh, they're like the, the DNA repository or something like that. You know, it's, it's interesting things. So it's just like, hmm. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. So I, I recommend it. And Gordon what you got? Well, I'm going to recommend that you play or a new game and help out a TTRPG vet at the same time. If you're at all online in the TTRPG space, you probably know Owen Casey Stevens. And uh, to quote what I'm going to link to, veteran TTRPG blogger, developer, publisher, and writer Owen Casey Stevens suffered a pulmonary embolism in February, resulting in his hospitalization. While still recovering from that ailment, he was diagnosed with stage 2 cancer. While he has every intention of overcoming this challenge and producing game material for years to come, and despite having medical insurance, the medical bills have begun to pile up. The TTRPG industry has come together to create a mega bundle to help with all proceeds going to help Owen with those bills. So DriveThruRPG has two different mega bundles that are $35 or $40 a piece for $800 worth of products across a range of different systems. Uh, 5th edition, 13th age, Eclipse phase, 1st edition, Mutants and Masterminds, Pathfinder, Savage Worlds, and more. And these are publishers who put books into this bundle that are available through mid-May to help out the costs that uh, he's facing, that, that Owen's facing. And it's an example of the kind of community the TTRPG space has and a chance for you to pick up some books you might have never picked up and some systems you might have never looked at and help someone at the same time. Yeah. Link is in the doodly-doo. Yeah. I actually have been following him for years on Twitter, and I remember when this whole thing started, when he went into the hospital and everything. And then when he got his diagnosis, it was it was like, holy cow, man. It was just one thing after another after another. And he seems to be one of the good yeah. ones. Or at least one of the ones who tries to be a good one, which is something what we should <laughs> yeah. which is what we should all be doing. Yeah. And so the fact that 
people like Posthuman Studios behind Eclipse Phase are helping out and supporting, and the people behind Mutants and Masterminds in Green Run and Publishing are helping, that says a lot to me Yeah. about him, even though I do not know him personally. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. All right. With that, and with that hopeful call to action, I think it is a good time to put a lid on the season with the Eden ship. Thank all of you for listening, or if you just caught up with us after the fact, tell us what you thought about this, and we'd be glad to read it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, want to hear from you. You know, it's it's you know, like GMing, like running a game. It, it, we're not talking to the void. It's a two way street. So, yeah. So. We're going to go ahead and close the hatch up on the Eden ship and we will start teasing out once we start figuring out what we're going to do for next season. Closer to next season. (laughs) So in the meantime, have a great summer. If you're going to cons, enjoy yourself, but make sure that you are staying healthy and feeling good about your own safety protocols because at the end of the day lots of humans in one place we have learned can lead to unpleasant experiences so protect yourself protect others but make sure you're having fun while you do it i hopefully will be seeing folks at uh, gen con and origins this year so here's hoping yeah. Hopefully I'll be sitting with uh, with one of you folks at, uh, at one of the many, many gaming tables out there. Should be fun. Yeah. Yeah. All right, folks. So until next season, have fun. Roll some dice. Play some games. And we will see you all real, real soon. Bye. Thanks for checking in. It was a blast sharing our thoughts and ideas on our time. We hope that you had a great time with us and could hardly wait to share the next show. In the meantime, let us know how you handled this topic in your own games. You can find us on most social media platforms, especially Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And if you want to follow us, search for Seize the GM. And if you just want to follow one of us, search for our names on the social media platform of your choice, or go to SeizeTheGM.com for convenient links. Seize the GM is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 4.0 International License. All copyrighted material referenced herein are held by the respective owners. No infringement intended and no claim of ownership is Once again, thanks to you our listeners. We hope you gained some ideas for your ongoing games. Or the inspiration to run your first. Now get out there and play some games. Roll some dice. Be safe, and you'll hear from us again soon.